Mecca is a place where all things are possible. True activism. True activism. Fighting classism. Fighting classism. Racism. Racism. And sexism. Sexism. Stories grown from the root. Stories coming with truth. Marching together. Together. Fighting together. Together. Building together. Together. We are doing this for us. On the ground level. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground Level Podcast. I'm Tahira, and I'm, I'm here ready. with <laughs> And we have a guest today, but we're not going to let y'all know who he is. I know y'all trying to find out already. Mind your business. I'm um, just kidding. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We know we took like a pause. We do see the views still going up. And we appreciate you guys being there when we're sometimes not even there. I mean, that's mm-hmm. real love right there. Um, but welcome back to the For Us Podcast on the Ground Level created by me, I let the good times roll on Instagram and Perky. She can find her at Perky Sexy Cool. Or what's your other one? Perky's Perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and she actually bringing back her other podcast. Can, can we yes. talk about that really quick? Really, really quick. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I'm bringing back my other podcast, Love Period, because I'm going through a pregnancy journey and I would like people to go on it with me because it's wild. Congratulations, <laughs> girl. New lives, new lives. Hello, we out here. <laughs> All right, yeah, so this podcast was created through our Chorus Nation organization, which aims to uplift like our movement. Obviously, we're Black women here in the space. It's 2022. We're living through all these different situations, and it always seems like Black women are at the bottom of the totem pole of all of them. So we're trying to bring access to our communities regarding education, ownership, business opportunities, and more. You can donate to our cause at forusnation.com. And now let's get into our guest. <laughs> yeah, oh, and before we get into that, um, our topic, can you mention what this month oh, is? Oh, yes. October is domestic violence awareness. So if you are tuning in, we do not mean for any of our content to trigger you this month. It all is based off, like I would say, education. Perky is a mental health professional. So this is all good stuff for you, legit. If you do get triggered, though, like, let us know so that we know how to, you know, feedback is important. Yeah. And we have a blog post out on our website that is specifically on this topic is called Listen to Him, Male Victims of Domestic Violence. At the very, well, one, during the blog, you'll see statistics, but at the very end, we have resources for the domestic violence hotline. If you're in um, like uh, LGBTQ relationships, there's also resources specific to that. And then I also added some therapy, resources too so just like for men and for black people period and then you could just kind of go from there if you're just another person of color or not a person of color and you still want resources so you can check that out and then also on October 22nd I'll be doing an online meetup for this topic too to hopefully open up the space for men to come and talk about it because we've learned that men are usually silent sufferers of domestic violence so we want to make sure we're making space so yeah, yep. that's, that's where we like, kind of had the idea to produce this podcast. Like, this, like I said earlier, this is going to be a series. This is season two, episode four, the male mental health series. Since we happen to start in October, we're just going with domestic violence. But like I said, we're going to try to talk to as many men that we could bring on. I guess we could say a range and a plethora of different topics, you know? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully you guys tune in. If you know someone that needs to speak about something, send them our way. Yeah. And we've done an episode. And by the way, you can listen to all of our old episodes. They're available on all streaming platforms, Spotify, podcasts, all of them. And we have an old, 
<laughs> we have an old um, episode for women that's called Protect Women. So like, yeah. this is something we've talked about before, but we wanted to make sure we specifically talk about men. Um, so today I have my guest with me, Shaka Zulu, and he's originally from LA. He is an author and his book title is called One Block, A Self-Help Journey, Thoughts, Quotes, and Theories. He is also a pro creator, pro gamer, elite artist, media influencer, uh, an entrepreneur, and an aspiring international world leader and business mogul. Say hi. That's a lot. Shout out to you. a lot. <laughs> no, for real. It's like pro, pro. It's like, pro. I'll be like media, oh. media, like beginning. <laughs> Right. So, that's dope. No, that's dope. Thank you guys so much for being here, my friend. You have anything to say? To the oh, yeah, audience? you plugs. What's your social media handles? Because we didn't have that in your bio. Oh, well, my Facebook is Shaka Zulu Satori the second. And my IG is the real Zulu God. Yeah. And we'll and, put that in the in the, yeah, the notes. And, uh, notes. So, yeah. Okay. So, um, and the TikTok. TikTok, G Mystic TV. Oh, TikTok is lit. Say it again, say it louder. G Mystic TV. Okay. There you go. What you be doing on TikTok? Meditation videos? Uh, anime, <laughs> animation, and uh, other stuff. I also um, have a, the real Zulu God, or it's just Zulu God uh, TikTok as well, where like I'll be rapping more and start doing, releasing uh, yeah, music video content and other stuff. Cool. Okay, so you want to do the first question? Yes. Um, so did you know about October being like domestic violence awareness? Um, did you learn anything about it prior? Did, I mean, what's your experience, I should say, with domestic violence and just awareness and events like these or podcasts? Okay. Yeah, you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I didn't know pri uh, previously until, uh, you know, being informed by uh, Perky and all the uh, uh, wonderful information that she's given me that's helped enlighten and, you know, help me evolve more of my awareness on the I subject. know Perky. She was like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> that's awesome, though. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, just to add to that, like, and you guys will see this on the blog, one in four men have experienced or are experiencing domestic violence. And, and for women, it's one in three. So basically, if you're sitting in a room of 20, you're going to know at least two or three people, maybe four, in that room that have experienced domestic violence, whether they're a man or a female. Now that you say that, in a statistic-based number, I can look at it like I travel in New York City on the bus and the train, and obviously more around people all the time that I don't know. And it's like, you think about it, 20 people, when you're in environments like that, it's usually like, it's always, I would say, I'm like, it's always one in every crowd, that mentality, right? That means that everywhere we go there's someone being triggered by something maybe not us or we're, but you know we're around it so that's very interesting that you said that because I think sometimes when you break it down small like that you can now go out every day and be like hmm, I'm in a grocery store let me start to see if I notice anything you know I think that's yeah. where awareness and information is super important that's so yeah and unfortunately like a lot of people don't think men go through it so to hear one in four is like sheesh um okay so next question what is your experience with domestic violence uh me personally <laughs> um yeah so maybe about seven years plus uh i mean it started off you know one small thing here but 
it, I witnessed, you know, the mother of my, uh, the first uh, mother of my kids, uh, of my first three children, you know, in her family environment, be very hostile, and I've had to intervene. Uh, and it went from that to uh, us personally in our relationship, it being uh, lashed out on me in different ways. And, uh, you know, so it led to basically me having a lot of pictures of bumps and bruises and scratches and police reports being filed and uh, even uh, uh, go, uh, taking a trip to jail because of uh, me having to call the police just to get my glasses back type situation. And so, you know, it was pretty rough, but, you know, made, 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 it, uh, made it to this point. But it was definitely interesting. And I guess uh, I think a lot of it, I allowed, well, I allowed all of it to happen, but I, I allowed most of it to happen, I think, in my opinion, due to uh, self-love and really not having a full grasp of what that was and thinking uh, that I had been moving on from certain things and maybe didn't, uh, you know, fully and, you know, it was just a learning process. I would say I, I would say that I don't think anybody that goes through abuse is is a a black and white situation. It's, it's very uh, interesting how even very strong people can allow themselves to be in not the best or most loving uh, situations or when they know better. Yeah, um, and it's it's funny you say that because when I was writing the blog, that's something that comes up for men that like they, you know, a lot of men have this uh, demeanor about them or this uh, like people's perception of them is for them to be strong, rugged, you know, leader, whatever. And that's also another reason why a lot of them go through this silently because they feel like I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to be these things. So how am I going through this? Like, and, and it's like, attached to it, like strength, mm -hmm. abuse, physical, because like I think even just now, I can be real, when you start talking, and my first brain, a person that understands mental health, and I've been through stuff in my personal life, but I'm like, is it mental abuse or like physical? And then as you were telling the story, I could see like it's physical, right? So I think mental abuse, some people probably don't talk about it because they don't recognize it, but I think physical abuse, when it obviously you said you can see pictures with yourself going to the precinct and things like that, like that's like legit PTSD trauma to your body, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I imagine like how many other men you know, and it, how you said that it started from self-love, like, that's like, can you explain a little bit more? Like, you love yourself so much that you thought that that would never happen to you? No, just the lack of self-love more specifically, like, not acknowledging that that was a, a, a key component to something that I wasn't paying attention to. And also, it wasn't just physical. I mean, like, I've been in person and in text, like, said you know, read and heard some of the worst things that you could possibly say to somebody. But, uh, you know. So mental as well. Yeah, mental, the texting thing has a lot to do with it, actually. Spiritual, mm -hmm. you know, just attacks in general. But definitely I feel lack of self-love is what is why I allowed it to go on as long as it, as it did. Okay. Um, our, the follow-up question, too, was, Sorry, my cat is. Um, the follow-up <laughs> question is: um, Did you grow up seeing domestic violence, or was this like your your experience of it? Was that like the first time you really had 
been around it or exposed to it. Yeah. Um, uh, in my household, not really, you know, like not at all, in fact, but I had seen enough on TV and heard about it and in school you see like, you know, it, it seems like hurt people hurt people and that and that's always been a a real thing and so I think people just got to be more conscious of that and that because we do this a lot on the on the ground level like we have the questions and then you say something and we're like wait like dang hold on right it's like Eureka I have another question no when you said hurt people hurt people right you said that right a lot of us go through that we understand that do you think us as an individual, we don't recognize that we were in a situation once we're packed, like once you're in it, can you see it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, especially if you're smarter than the average bear or even just of average intellect, just you, and even, it doesn't, it doesn't even really take intellect to know if you're being in a painful situation. Pain, you know? there you go. Mm. Well, here we go. Yeah, I mean, I, so I don't want to counter because I'm not necessarily countering it, but a lot of what happens in domestic violence, because I, I mean, I talked about this in the Protecting Women episode, like I've experienced it as well. And although you know it's it's painful, like you said, recognizing how wrong it is and how unnecessary, especially if you've been in more than one domestic violence relationship, how wrong it is for the relationship to be like that is hard for some people. Like some people aren't able to fully recognize, like this is not what love is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I'm and not that's a more female it. woman take on it. I would say right. just based off like hearing the two of you talking the same situation differently. That's I would say like you're saying like, well, maybe you stayed because because I've been close to people in college where I was in liaison. I'm like, this is wrong. Like you're gonna die in the sleep room. Like what's going on? So it's also hard like that. I always think about that song that Mary J. Blige had. I think it's with Eve, and it's like. What's the song they have with like the, the video shows like the person is about to die. Basically, if a friend trying to save her, save her, save her. I was that friend trying to save a friend. Thank God I saved her. You know, yeah. so it's like it, it is really interesting how based off how I guess how you feel your space is, your stance is in that relationship. Like say if you're a baby father, that's your baby mom and you have an extra protection. Or if it's just like your boyfriend and you felt like, well, I can't believe he did this to me. Like, you know, it's always yeah. this. Tina Turner talks about that. Yeah. Like, you know, even, in her documentary. Like even if kids aren't involved, like for some reason, to me personally, like how I allowed it to go on, I always took on the perception like, man, if I really love somebody or if I really cared about somebody and I know I'm not perfect and say I messed up really bad, how would I want somebody to, I would want, I would ask God, I would really want something, you know, like to for wish, you know, I wish I had a time machine, I could go back in time and just like erase it, hit a button or something. And so I allowed that level of forgiveness to people because I always, you know, heard treat people how you want to be treated. And so my thing is like, if you really care about somebody and I feel a level of understanding or growth can be had, the thing is you should have protection over perception. Even if you see or want growth in somebody or see potential and growth out of a situation and you can fully acknowledge or don't really acknowledge to the level of how wrong it is, but know it's a painful situation it's important to put protection over perception. Basically expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And then when you see, you know, basically be able to adjust. I think adjusting and letting go is, is really important, 
you know, aspect. It's, yeah. it, even if you are a very forgiving person, you can forgive somebody, but learn to love them from a distance. You know what I'm saying? You know, I love how you said that. I love that. <laughs> All right, Pete, you can take the next question because I added in an ad look. Okay. So, um, did you, okay, so you talked about having to call the police to make police reports. Uh, did you feel comfortable reporting the abuse? Did you did you tell other people in your life while it was happening or even after it happened? Like, what was that feeling around like exposing the, that part of the relationship to other people, even if it was the authorities? Not comfortable at all. Uh, and it's just, it was unfortunate because without my glasses, it's not really easy to see. And so just having to call them just so I can get my glasses back uh, safely or even- That was a very uh, LA response. <laughs> Yeah, or I can't even my, think about my uh, glasses, what you mean? <laughs> well, I'm still laughing at you, bro, but no, you said what it. Led, <laughs> even what led to that was, uh, like, she attacked me in front of the kids, and that, and my glasses ended up in the crib or somewhere, you know, and so it was just like, and she had bit my face. I, I, she, I thought my face was, like, missing based on how it felt when I caught the cops, but when I could yeah, see Yeah, I seen it, the pictures. It was crazy. And so, how to kill you, bro? <laughs> like, what was that? Well, whatever. You survived. Yeah. You're here. Your face is beautiful. You don't <laughs> got your glasses on right now, so it's like people be like, "You can see or you can't see." <laughs> but yeah, no, you're good. You're good. I mean, I think it's still brave. I mean, Perky, did you? You talked about it. You opened it. Did you report your abuse? No. Uh. Mm. <laughs> that's why that's why I came up with that question because oh, okay. I when I was in my first okay so I did report the second okay. incident you remember I told you the yeah. one in Jamaica where mm -hmm. I almost so I reported that one which was a whole like it made me regret reporting it because of what happened because of way the, where it happened because it was in America where it happened and how they reacted and how they reacted yeah um but the first time I wanted to but I was scared because it was New York it was right after the Black Lives Matter march and stuff and all the police was going crazy. So I was scared. It was weird. Like I had this protection feeling like he's hurting me. Not him, sorry. Still... <laughs> <laughs> no, but we like, know. <laughs> I can't. This guy is hurting me and I want to call the police, but I'm I'm feeling like, but what if they come and kill him? Oh, but like, we're going to talk about that too. Because that's yeah, I responsible thing, I for his life. Like, and it and it sucked to feel like oh, no. to feel responsible yeah. for the person who's yeah. per the perpetrator. Yeah. So but that's on the police, though. The fact that you are a victim and you don't even feel safe to call the police because you know the police are gonna treat the person that's your perpetrator like another victim. And it's yeah. All right. We don't no, know. I'm, I don't yeah, get that's what made me ask the question because it was just like, okay. you know, how how does it feel to have to talk? And then even when when you finally do open up to people about abuse sometimes their reaction is so strange like it's like yeah. I regret telling you I you was know? a friend that way I sat in the police station we we're on campus too like in a white school and we're black students so it was very much like I don't know but yeah you definitely I realized in that moment I had to be like stronger than a peer and just be like someone's mom almost because I'm like yo you're not seeing it I'm seeing it I love you this is not going down just kind of tap into your morals you're you know this is the right thing to do kind of and I was studying criminal justice so it was easier but um yeah advocates are important speaking out is important and explaining why you can't speak out is important yeah because so the part is the hardest yeah for sure um I'll ask one more in the next question do you feel that being a victim of abuse affected your perception of manhood and or masculinity yeah you just wonder 
you know, how, me personally, I guess, just wondered how I allowed a lot of stuff to happen and just to what degree was I supposed to allow to happen? Because, you know, as a guy, I'm supposed to be able to withstand a certain level of, uh, you know, I'm supposed to have a certain level of fortitude. So uh, I would say even if that did come down to my woman uh, getting physical uh, at some point, is that supposed to be allowed, you know what I'm saying? And what, to what degree, you know? So it was just, it was interesting. And basically, I guess it's the same. The answer was inevitably whatever line you, you have to draw lines in every aspect of life. And it's just that, you know what I mean? Some people to, some people, you know, pain is pleasure. So I can't say for everybody, but I would say things are, communication is better done when it doesn't get physical or to a physical point. That's uh, what I learned from it. But as far as the manhood, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it, Did you feel your of, confidence like dip or your ego, anything like that after let's say maybe going to the reporting with the glasses thing that day? or whatever well, did you feel anything or was it like i gotta just do this <laughs> in general at least uh, men in general no matter what what do you want to call them alpha or beta men or any just men period i've learned genetically or naturally want to want to feel or need to feel uh empowered you know what i'm saying and so especially by the woman that they love because I mean or, or have love for the, they're in a relationship with because I don't know I feel like the whole submissive not every dude is gonna do anything for his woman because you no know, every guy is in a ride or die type of you know do but as far as across the board for sure uh men want women to be submissive and so for women to do the exact opposite of that definitely is at any point you know where uh even if there's a disagreement, the acknowledgement of his position is, isn't taken into consideration higher than the disagreements, then yeah, it just definitely in different ways it becomes, you know, a very questionable situation. And you you have to uh as a man, I feel know what you want to get out of a relationship. And that's where basically I feel like with anything in life whatever you experience that you don't want is just to teach you, you know, everything teaches you what you want more of or less of. And, you know, the same thing with relationships. You just have to know what is it that you're looking for that helps you function better. And if that's being feel, you know, feeling of words of empowerment or actions of empowerment, then that's what you need to get. So specific to you. Yeah. Did, what are you saying about this relationship? It taught you what? I'm saying that it made me question a lot and I had to basically come up with, you know, like I said, what it is that I will stand for and what it is that I won't stand for. It made you rethink your standards, your strategy, how you see women. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And I think that's, that's the pain part of it. That's like what abuse does to, I mean, I, I was abused by my mother and it's that, you know, sometimes abuse is not always in relationships, but interpersonal relationships, my family relationships. But, um, I think I follow what you're trying to say. Fergie, like, get to what your point is. 
no, I, I I heard him, but he made it more general. And I'm like, no, let's be oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes people need to hear like yeah. specific examples so that they can relate it to themselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so as a male man, uh, what challenges did the last two years present to you emotionally? Oh, basically it takes it back to the first question. I had to really uh, assess what it means to be a man and, and stand on that and just do everything I can, to, in my opinion, just continue to get stronger. You know what I'm saying? I feel strength is a key core aspect of that. Integrity and honesty, being honest with myself, having the courage to face the strongest challenge, which is I feel the, the person in the mirror. Uh, you know, just basically that all of that helped me further develop what it what I took by taking it, I feel the better posture or perspective on it is just use it as a lesson and a and a to you know build a ladder. And so yeah, I, me personally, it just helped me with growth and and constant assessment. In fact is what led to part of what led to me making the book that I currently made as well so yeah and we might have him on later to do some book readings and oh nice okay so you're gonna be a fan favorite we love it I mean the next question we kind of touched on it we asked uh, how did you how being a victim changed you but I think you kind of explained it just now so I think you want to skip to the next one see sure yeah You want to ask? Yeah, I ask. Uh, when we discuss domestic violence as a whole, we really think about female abuse towards their male counterparts, right? There's mm-hmm. power dynamic to it into personal relationships. Why do you think we haven't like extended that conversation? Why do you think it's like this conversation is not on a much bigger platform like CNN or BET or Revolt and men are still like walling out in the street instead of just sitting down and talking in the therapist chair? Like, what do you think the lack is? I don't think you're ever really put in a place to even think about it, really. Because I never thought about it. I don't think about it. I'm a pretty sharp cat, and I don't ever think about stuff like that. I feel like dudes in general or society kind of teaches us to just kind of push things under the rug instead of really. That's why, like, even it would be weird. It's like, even as much as I know about magic and, and words of affirmation and, and focus and, you know, what you put your attention on is what you attract and energy and all of that, I still didn't really assess uh, even like self-love to the degree that I should have. So I allowed certain things that I shouldn't have. And just, you know, a lot of things that we don't get, that we have to stay conscious of, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're basically saying that you feel like a lot of men don't talk about it because they don't really think about it. Yeah, like we don't, we're not in a society that really. It's like nobody cares about how day is kind of mentality. So like I feel like anytime, even though, even as, even as weird, because even though society says they want us to say stuff, but like, I feel like our partners say to men, oh, we want you to say something. I feel like it's always used against us. I, I feel like the strongest of men are the ones that are able to get the most done with saying while saying the least, you know, that they need to, depending on the society, you got to say more, be more interactive or whatever, but still, mm-hmm. uh, as far as just in general across the board, I feel like society uses what we you know what we say is, is a, to find weaknesses or cracks in our armor. And in my personal experience, the experiences is like, 
I feel like every time I say something, if it just men always tell men that you gotta always be secure, basically. We're always taught like no matter what you're going through, you will not let even especially like if you're even if especially if you're a commander of a of an army, I don't know what's going on. You let your army know, look, everything's cool, everything's good, everything's Gucci. You know shit may be about to be horrible, but you gotta keep you cool. And basically, we're taught that the strongest of men are confident no matter what and you have them i feel like the minute i'm not that i, I that i i don't feel like that that i can take on no matter what it is you feel you weak as a man so in a way you don't want to say anything because it's kind of like you feel like it's vulnerability your, arm, your armor is 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 weakening so pointing out that somebody is abusive would be a, a crack in your armor because it's not you don't necessarily have to dive into the emotional part of that right to express this chick is like but it is emotional i think for them that's what they're saying like the fact yeah, that I'm asking, like is it is it seen as like um, the same thing basically yeah it's a hit to their ego it's the male ego and i don't think a lot of them even recognize that i mean we could see that as women you know because we understand that regardless of your man or woman talking makes you feel better about things that's across the spectrum it's human that's how we communicate right so it's like if you don't talk or you and i wanted to ask a part of what you were saying were you speaking more specifically for like white men men in general or like black men like yourself uh, just men in general, men in general. okay board, i feel like we always have to we have to have to have, have to have an answer to everything and not really the more we can do by ourselves, the, the stronger you are, I guess, or more powerful you are in a way. Or the more you can get other people to do for you, the, uh, the more powerful you are in a way. But the thing is, when it comes to particularly being in a relationship where you're being abused, it's weird because this is somebody, at least for an alpha male or somebody who loves women and wants to protect women, this is somebody you would kill somebody for or do anything to defend. You know what I mean? Like, is weird because this person that you would that's supposed to be fighting for is or far, fighting with is is fighting you you know what right. i'm saying oh, that was deep. Stop that one. <laughs> all right so, we got about like five minutes left so let's try to wrap it up we'll quickly on one more question i think yep do we yeah oh yeah okay. so, so like if you could put it because we gotta make it kind of short now if you could put it in like two sentences or so what would be your advice for other men going through the situation? Now that you have opened yourself up to talking about this, right? You can't do for anyone what you can't do for yourself. So you have to put your health over everything and uh, put your peace over everything. So the more efficient you can be, the more efficient you can be for everybody else that you care about or anything that you want or feel that you need in life is easier to obtain. And so you have to put people in your life that work with that and not against that, if you take that seriously. Mm -hmm. So the more you respect yourself, uh, the more your environment will change. Okay, thank you. All right, so yeah, everybody, this was our guest, Shaka Zulu. Again, (laughs) you can get his book, which is One Block, A Self-Help Journey, Thoughts, Quotes, and Theories. It's on Amazon. Is it anywhere else? Barnes and Noble. And I feel, I think any ebook platform. Uh, platform that you can get a book on, you okay. can download it on. Yeah, so you guys can get in touch with that. We'll have the links for his- uh, You're gonna come live and read some of it, you're saying? 
for people. Yeah, I'm okay, cool. doing some book reading. That's soon. cool. I mean, you can start it to me too. We'll go live and read it. I mean, we've been reading like Obama books, but like I'm down to read like local people too. Yeah. yeah that's okay, cool. So yeah, you guys can follow him. Also, please follow us at Forest Nation on Instagram and Facebook. Find find our website, forestnation.com or .org. Donate to us because we are a nonprofit and we're trying to create more programs and be more efficient in bigger nonprofits so that we can service our community better. Yes. And then for the On the Ground Level podcast to hear it. Um, yeah, you guys can subscribe to the on the, long, on the Ground Level podcast. This interview will be live on, on the listening platforms as well as our YouTube channel. We're going to start adding a lot more videos to our uh, main site as well. So we definitely want you guys to be there. I think Perky said she wanted to start doing Facebook Live. So we're about to bring back a little bit more live content across our spectrum. We might even launch a TikTok. Who knows? So we definitely want you guys to tune in with us and stay connected. I'm Tahira Savannah. Again, you can follow me. I let the good times roll. And I'm Perky. You can follow me at Perky Sexy Cool and Perky Perspectives. And we hope to see you October 22nd yeah. for our meetup where we talk more about this to hopefully more men. Hopefully you guys will feel more comfortable talking about this, you know, <laughs> strengthen it. We took the band-aid off with the hard one. So you see, it's not that crazy. I know people are like, what kind of questions are you asking? I'm like, it's all right. <laughs> you're you're like, you're by. <laughs> How did you um, like yeah, Happy October. Like I know it's we talking about domestic violence, but this is my birthday month. I love October. Happy oh October. yeah, no, it's October <laughs> We have a couple of minutes. I was just gonna ask quick feedback. I'll see if we can start adding this in. How did you like the interview? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I did. She didn't. This I didn't get to like get any uh like secret information before. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, you want to tell us what's going on on this camera, or we just want to just be my baby daddy. <laughs> <laughs> You're so silly. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. I, I back to you I guys didn't. on your bundle of joy on the way. I'm definitely coming to California, so we gonna see all that. But um, mm -hmm. thank you so much, Rob, um, for launching this, I should say, with us, because it's always hard to be the first one, and we don't be knowing sometimes, like, how it's going to play out, so I really appreciate that, though. Yeah. Yeah, I dig it. It was cool. Yeah, and um, we can't wait to see you come out here, girl. We miss you on the Don't oh, worry. I'll be there soon. Anyway, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in. <laughs> we'll see right, you guys on the next episode.